planning your fundraising for 2021. Where have we been and where are we going? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Dr. Patrick Rooney, the Associate Executive Dean of the Indiana University Lilly Family School Philanthropy and an internationally recognized expert uh, on economic factors that can affect charitable giving. And he's also highly sought out nationally for his expertise on how federal policy can affect charitable giving as well. And Patrick, a lot happening in both areas. Uh, first of all, let's focus on economic slowdown, which of course happened dramatically uh, in the year 2020. At the fundraising school, we've been encouraging people to think about 2021 as two different years, kind of you know, maybe the first six months as the vaccines are being rolled out, and hopefully a second six months if indeed the economy starts returning and maybe even rushing towards a more normal state as folks are vaccinated uh, and we have herd immunity. What do we know from previous economic downturns that can help us plan for our fundraising in 2021? Yeah, thanks, Bill. You know, this is a really intriguing question. You know, when you look at Giving USA um, 2020, about giving in 2019, and how giving had gone up for the last three years and three of the highest years ever and all that. Um, and then you say, well, what happened in 2020 and what's going to happen in 2021? You may say none of that matters at all because wow. the, the COVID crisis was not a part of the 2019 data and entirely a part of the 2020 and 2021 data. So it, we're in uh, you know, a new era in some ways. So we're in uncharted territories, as, as people have said. Historically, when you look at recessions, um, you see about a seven percentage point swing from your typical good year to your typical recession year. And if you look at the Great Recession, and that's in total giving. If you look at um, the Great Recession compared to uh, a, a normal year, you see almost an 11 point percentage point swing. So the, the economy has a big impact on giving. And in fact, I've done some research on the Great Recession uh, with one of our doctoral students. And what we see is after controlling for changes in income, changes in wealth, changes in tax rates and things like that, that during the Great Recession, total giving went down by $26 billion, holding everything else constant, and household giving went down $25 billion. So uh, again, holding everything constant. So a huge impact. Now we know that uh, when we look at the raw data without controls, that the Great Recession had a big impact. Um, but this shows that it was even bigger uh, when you control for income and wealth and so on. So the economy matters a lot, as we've seen in economic policy and in our philanthropic uh, endeavors. And so I'm sure that a number of the charities uh, that we know and love are looking forward to a post-vaccine world in which we can all be out and about and we can have the galas, we can have the walkathons, the danceathons, and so on. But we can also have that face-to-face -face fundraising for the major gifts and planned gift conversations that, as you and I, we spent a lot of time on Zoom together this last year. Um, it's better than nothing, but it's, it's probably not the optimal uh, methodology for soliciting major gifts or plan gifts, right? So when we've had recessions, giving tends to go down on average about 7%. You talked about the Great Recession, losing $25, 26000000000 billion in anticipated charitable giving. 
just back of the envelope to keep numbers simple, that might be about a 10% decrease if we use kind of 400 billion as a, as a baseline. So that's good to know. Patrick, then what tends to happen immediately after economic downturns and that one or two years afterwards, because that might be no guarantees, but that might be what we could anticipate in the second half of 2021. Do we see any trends there from the historical data? Yeah. And, and generally, the, the uh, philanthropic giving will react in the same way that the stock market does in some ways and the same way that the overall economy does, but with a little bit of a lag, right? Because, um, you know, people are sometimes a little gun shy. They want to make sure that, you know, the, the economy starts to recover. They want to make sure that is going to be sustained for a little while before they accelerate their giving. But I think if the economy does start to recover and it is sustained and people are, you know, the vaccines are working, I think we're going to see a very uh, kind of robust growth in giving uh, to follow that. In the private sector, there's this thought that there is pent up interest in spending, that, that once things start to return to normal, even though folks have been able to maintain their full-time jobs in 2020, have continued to spend, uh, that spending can increase in the private sector in the second half of the year. What do the data show in terms of, is there kind of this pent-up interest in charitable giving? Do we see an inflection point upward, usually when charitable, or excuse me, when economic downturns come to an end? Yeah, I mean, you tend to see, uh, you know, people talk about the different shapes of economies and so on, and you know, the, the one that we all hope for is kind of that, that, that V economy, right? It's sharp down, sharp up. And, and clearly with the COVID um, pandemic being somewhat more protracted and the vaccine taking a little while, I think that V, I think is going to be more like a, a W, um, you know, where there's going to be a, an uptick, but it may not be as sharp uh, of an uptick as if we had had everyone getting vaccine simultaneously, right? So there'll be a little bit longer lag, but it'll happen. Um, or maybe a kind of a U rather than a V or W where there's a, a downturn is a little bit longer. I, I think the other piece of this is that, um, you know, just this morning when I was getting ready, I had uh, the news on in the background and I heard, you know, that the two main lotteries are up over $400 billion each. And every person they interviewed for example, said, now, again, this is selection bias, perhaps, but every person they interviewed said if they won that $400 billion, they were going to give half of it away. And I thought, you know, now, perhaps this is an influence of the Gates Buffett Giving Pledge Initiative, but, um, but for them to say half, I thought it was remarkable because I've never heard that before when they've had this kind of lottery hype. And uh, so I think that's a fabulous signal that, I think given the pandemic, people are feeling like, you know, if we ever get out of this, you know, I'm going to do something for somebody else. And so I think there is that likely to happen. Yeah, one of my favorite phrases from 2020 came from a major gift officer from UNICEF. We had the privilege of working alongside who said the pandemic is an empathy amplifier. Uh, and, you know, we're seeing that with the charitable giving that did happen in 2020. And again, you know, there are no guarantees. The most important predictor of your nonprofit's charitable giving are your donors and the relationships you have with your donors. Uh, these data we're looking at with Dr. Patrick Rooney are kind of a macro. Think of them more as a weather forecast, not as a guarantee. Uh, as you look at what could happen, especially in the second half of 2021, 
should we be coming out of the pandemic? Should the economy tend to be improving? There could be this latent pent-up interest in even more charitable giving, just as the private sector is expecting this latent kind of pent-up interest in more spending on private sector goods. Patrick, I want to shift here. Of course, 2021 brings us a new presidential administration at the federal level, a reshuffling of the deck chairs in Congress. Uh, And, you know, we already saw some things happen at the very end of 2020 related to tax policy that could affect charitable giving. Let's start there. And we think about things like universal charitable deduction and the amount of adjusted gross income that could be applied to charitable deductions. You know, what's happening there and how could that affect giving in 2021? You know, Bill, this is really fascinating. So if we have a, a meaningful universal charitable tax deduction that is applicable for all non itemizers, um, you know, our research is that that would increase the number of donors substantially, and it would increase the number of donated dollars substantially as well. Um, you know, the CARES Act, as it was passed, created a, a universal charitable deduction of $300 max, and it was not applicable to, um, it was only applicable to cash, it was not applicable to DAFs. Um, and so, you know, we know most non-donors who are already giving are donating far more than $300. So I, I think this was a bit of tokenism. Uh, we're going to throw a bone to the nonprofit sector. And uh, but if they wanted to get serious, they could do a universal trouble deduction or a 25% universal, universal trouble tax credit. Both of those would increase the number of donors and the amount donated between 7 and 12%, depending on the configuration of, of the bills. And so uh, I, I think that would have a meaningful shift in, in behaviors. You know, now, and you've heard me say this before, people don't give just because of a tax deduction or tax credit, right? Because they're never off, they're off financially if they only care about themselves with a tax deduction or even a tax credit. However, the, the research is almost 100% consistent that itemizers give more than non-itemizers even after you control for differences in income and wealth. So there, is, there are income and wealth effects from itemizers. They tend to be higher income, higher wealth, and they give more. But even in regressions where you control for that, itemizers give statistically significantly way more than non-itemizers. And so having the means for them to take that universal charitable deduction or universal charitable tax credit for uh, non-itemizers today, I think would be profoundly important in terms of lubricating, incentivizing uh, uh, philanthropic giving. And then so, part, oh, I was going to say just one more thing. It's, and that they're not doing it just because of the taxes at all. But I do want to say that people do respond to incentives. And it's, it's like the family conversation or the household conversation of, well, you know, we can give more because it's a tax deduction or a tax credit. I think that's how it really works. It's not like this ultra-rational maximizing behavior. It's just like, hey, we could get a tax deduction for that, so let's give a little more. So the universal charitable deduction uh, is still in place for non-itemizers up to $300. That's in place for all of 2021 calendar year. Uh, The ability for itemizers to deduct their entire adjusted gross income, not 60%, but 100%, is still in place for all of 2021. Uh, and there's discussion in kind of the philanthropic circles that that's a great 
point to raise with your major gift donors. Uh, they, they might be very interested to know that if they, if they don't already. Uh, and then Patrick, a couple of ideas that have been proposed. And again, getting from proposal to law is always complicated. And perhaps now more than ever with the way the, the new federal government's been reconstituted. Uh, but you know, there's talk about raising the capital gains tax rate or taxing capital gains at somebody's personal income tax rate, uh, or perhaps taxing capital gains even if the capital is not sold, just on a, a yearly basis if the, if the value goes up. There's also talk about increasing the business tax rate. And again, at the fundraising school, we don't take sides on these proposals. However anybody feels, you contact your member of Congress and, and, and voice your views appropriately. We're just looking at a fundraising context here. So when we hear about these proposals of what might happen in 2021 and beyond, what do fundraisers need to know? From a, a couple of different perspectives, you know, so let's ignore for a moment the, the pure economics of what happens to long run uh, savings, growth, productivity, and so on from changes in capital gains tax, because that would be a very active debate, right? Um, uh, but at the same time, I do want to say, I, I think it would be a bad idea to tax capital gains on an annual basis before they're realized, because for many people that could create liquidity constraints, right? So if I, if I own a home that is appreciating or I own stocks and bonds that are appreciating rapidly, they might depreciate later, or even if they don't depreciate later and they continue to appreciate, that doesn't mean I have cash to pay taxes on it, particularly if you're going to make the capital gains tax rate, the, you know, the equivalent of the top marginal personal income tax rate, so that which would be 37%. So if I've got to come up with a third of the gains, plus or minus, this year, and I don't have any income from that, that's going to cause problems for people. So I think that that should be a non-starter, really. Um, uh, however, in terms of pure philanthropy, if you tax capital gains as ordinary income, um, you know, I've done some research that suggests that that would stimulate philanthropic giving by households. And it does it in two ways. You know, one is on the margins, those, those capital gains are now taxed at a substantially higher rate. So the value of that deduction goes up dramatically, right? So for most households, the value of that deduction uh, that is being taxed at, at the capital gains rate now being taxed at the personal rate, that tax deduction would be about double or triple what you would be paying otherwise, right? So, and that's complicated because of the way the capital gains are taxed today. But, so the price of giving would go down a lot. So you would expect that to have a positive impact. I did some research a number of years ago that um, looked at the impact of capital gains taxes uh, on philanthropy. And we found that if you control for personal income tax rates, the capital, tax, capital gains tax rate is actually more important than the personal income tax rate for those who are giving um, appreciated gifts. And so, you know, I, I think if you've got something you've been holding for a long time and you're going to pay 10 or 20% tax rate on it now, you think about that very differently than if you're paying 37% tax rate on it. You know, Patrick, that's a great point. So again, if I have an appreciated stock and I'm going to have to pay a 20% capital gains tax rate on that when I sell, or if I'm going to be charged at my personal income tax rate, and I'm not speaking about me personally, hypothetically for a donor, and their personal income tax rate is 28 or 33 or 37%, 
that's a good thing for a fundraiser to know yep. because it just became even more valuable to that donor to donate the stock in terms of what, what it could mean for their taxes. You know, for fundraisers, yeah, you know, pay attention to this because that would be a huge thing. Now, politically, I, I would say that that is unlikely to happen unless the Democrats take both the Senate seats in Georgia and can somehow get that through uh, both houses and, and the president agrees, President Biden agrees with that. Um, you know, I don't know the probabilities of all those things occurring, but it's certainly something that's an idea that's probably in play, I would guess. And Patrick, as we conclude here, what about the business tax rate p- potentially going up? Taxes can have an influence on business giving, correct? Yeah, and, and Bill, you know, this is, so this is one of the things that's really fascinating to me and was not really discussed very much in Giving USA and in the philanthropic realm largely, writ large. So the, um, the last tax bill that was passed in December of 2017 went into effect in uh, 2018, um, dramatically cut the top marginal tax rate for businesses, which would lower their incentives to give but it also raised their after-tax profitability. And so, you know, based on historical data, you might've expected that to go down, corporate giving to go down, and instead it went up. And so um, I I think there's two things going on. You know, one, uh, a number of corporations said, well, we appreciate this tax benefit and we're gonna share that through with the community through our better giving. And we're gonna share that with our employees through better raises. Now, how many did which or the other? I, I don't have that micro level data, but, but what we do know is we saw a bump up in giving when there might've been reasons to see a bump down. I think the other piece of it is that many large corporations have professional giving officers just like foundations do, right? And they budget their giving based on a percentage of last year's profits, not last year's taxes. And so, it may not have as a big of an effect as we might have guessed. Now, going forward, if you're looking at a tax increase, you can imagine if, it, if the corporate taxes go up enough, there might be shareholder revolts to say, hey, let's not give too much away. We're just getting you know, killed on our taxes. On the other hand, the charitable contribution is the deduction and they raise the rate, then the value of that deduction also goes up and that might stimulate corporate giving. But, but I think it's more... Uh, if corporate profits go up, we're going to see corporate giving go up. And if corporate profits go down, we'll see corporate giving go down. So again, to emphasize, the most important predictor of charitable giving to your nonprofit in 2021 is your stewardship, your relationships with your individual donors and your institutional funders from foundations and from corporations. And yet we have this wonderful evidence-based expertise from Dr. Patrick Rooney on what has happened during economic downturns and immediately after economic downturns, which we very much hope starts to happen in the second half of 2021 at the very latest. And then also this evidence-based expertise on how federal policy, especially federal tax policy, can affect charitable giving. We know what is in place for 2021 with that universal charitable deduction and the ability for itemizers to deduct all of their adjusted gross income. Uh, And then we need to be keeping our ear to the ground on these other proposals that are gonna be percolating through the 117th Congress in the next two years. Looking ahead for the fundraising school, we are open 24 seven. Our courses are available online, many of them 
asynchronous, meaning recorded, but more and more of them virtual and live. And we hope that you can join us for those as well. We're also having more and more courses in person in Indianapolis. And we're hoping in the second half of 2021 to also to expand to two to four more cities to be in person. So stay in touch for that. In the meantime, we have these free podcasts, we have quarterly webinars, and on a monthly basis, when we don't have a webinar, we still have Fridays with the Fundraising School. All of this available online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the Fundraising School. With my colleague, Dr. Patrick Rooney, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm-hmm.